Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? have to listen. Legion. An absolute uh, proof of his authority is in verse 10. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. See, Jesus had every right, every ability to send them wherever he wanted. In Luke chapter 8, we also read, they ask that he not send them to the abyss, to the abuso. Do you know what that is? That's a pit below hell. That's a prison of prisons. That's where the angels, angels who left their first estate in Genesis 6... Remember back when I was talking about Sam, you know, about this uh, Salween where they had, they wanted interaction with the spiritual beings? Well, Genesis 6 is all about that. And we know what happened. We know those angels came down and procreated with women, creating the Nephilim. That's what the Bible tells us. That's not my story, that's the Bible. And there's a special prison for those angels who left their first estate and did that wicked thing. It's the Abuso, and that's where they're locked up. And in Luke 8, these demons say, please don't send us to the Abuso. And they also say in another passage, don't send us away before our time. They know their day is coming when they're going to get locked up. But here's the thing. They ask him, please don't, please don't kick us out of this country, out of this region. And I have to say, I think they said that because they knew they had legal grounds to be there. Because there was a foothold. There was a stronghold. Remember, that was the land of the Gadarenes. That's where Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh settled. It was part of Israel, technically. And even though these were mostly Gentile cities in that region, it, was still, it still belonged to Israel. Even in Jesus' day, this is the land of Israel. And the Mosaic Law says you're not supposed to eat pork, right? Now, don't, some of you just, just relax. The Bible says you can eat whatever you want. If it's, you know, before God, it's clean. So you can have your bacon. You can have all of that. But for the Jews, under the Mosaic Law, which was still in place, it's sinful for them to raise pork. Why? You don't, and not to get too graphic, but you don't raise pigs for milk. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, have you had any pig milk lately? Have you? <laughs> I'm gross at something, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. They weren't supposed to have pigs in that area. I believe that's a legal stronghold, a legal foothold. They weren't supposed to have them. And proof of that, I think, is we see something even further. Verse 11 and 12. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the, uh, near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter them. I believe they knew they had legal grounds to do that as well, because pigs shouldn't be in the land of Israel. They shouldn't be. It was a stronghold. It was a foothold. And notice, Jesus doesn't argue with them. He simply lets them do it. Verse 13. And at once Jesus gave them permission... Again, his authority. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Could you imagine seeing that? Jesus tells these demons, yeah, okay, you have permission, go. 
and those pigs start, you know, squealing, running all around, and then they just run down, and they jump in the water, and they die. You know, and, I, and you guys know, I mean, you've heard all the jokes that some pastors use about this, you know. You know me, personally, I never stoop to that level. You know? well, folks, come on. So here's the thing. You know, some pastors, they'll stoop to a level they shouldn't, right? They're really cheesy in their jokes. I have a highbrow humor. My humor is really, you know, I try to be sophisticated. You know that in my humor. But some pastors, and look, I'm not trying to squeal on them, okay? They... They, they will. They'll use cheesy jokes. Some of them say, you know, this is the first example of deviled ham. You know, have you ever heard that? And I don't, I don't think that's appropriate. But some of them say, you know, it's the first example of a swine dive. I've just heard that. And that's, I'm like, come on, are you even trying? I've even heard some pastors say it's the first example of suicide. Well, shame on you for laughing at that one. That's... But that's, that's the truth. You know, I think in these modern times, you know, with uh, the pandemics and everything, I think we could just say it's the first example of the swine flu. What do you think? Is that one, is that one pretty good? What do you think? I keep trying, you know. I'll, I'll move on. I don't want to bore you to death, you know. I'll wait. All right. That's a little better. See, I, I got to keep you guys awake. But, um, but here's the thing. Okay, I, I'll just move on. I'll say one last thing. I think all of it's hogwash. Okay, so we can just move forward. But we see that Jesus allows these demons to go into these pigs, into these swine, and I think it's because they had legal grounds to do so. And we know they were legion, right? So there were thousands. And they go into these pigs, and people say, well, why did they do that? Why did they go and commit suicide, right? Well, the thing is, is I'm only guessing. This is the filter of Marty. But it seems to me that they wanted to stay in that region, and they were looking for an escape so they didn't get sent to the abyss. And so they said, hey, just send us into the pigs. And then they, they killed those pigs so they could leave the pigs and immediately go back to their business of trying to torment people. That's what it seems like. And God and Jesus allowed it for a purpose. Everything he does is for a purpose. But then look at verses 14 through 17. Because this is tragic to me. Look at the reaction of the people. Verse 14 says, so those who fed the swine fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Look at this, verse 17. Then they began to plead with him to depart from the reg their region. This is so tragic. They see a real work of God. They see the authority of Jesus. They see this powerful thing. Remember, they all knew this demon-possessed guy. They knew he was a maniac. They feared him from other passages we read. And yet, they saw all of this happen. And what's their response? Jesus, get out of here. We don't want you here. This is a different kind of fear than we saw last week. Remember, the disciples feared him when he calmed all of creation. But their fear led to asking more questions. And remember, they're still with him. They're still learning from him. That's a different kind of fear. This fear is the kind of fear that's not healthy. They're telling Jesus, get away from us. And understand, Jesus is a gentleman. He will not force himself on anyone. If you tell Jesus, go away, I don't want anything to do with you, that's what he does. That's heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking. But here's the payoff in all of this, and I'm almost done. But this is the payoff because I love this. We finally get to hear the man speak. The entire time it was the demon speaking through this man, but now in verse 18 we get to see the man speak, the man who's been made whole, who's been made well by Jesus. Look at verse 18. And when he got into the boat, he who had a demon, uh, or he who had been demon possessed, begged him that he might be with him. This is such a beautiful thing. Please don't miss this. You know, remember when you first got saved? 
when you were first born again, all you wanted to do is be with your king, is to be with Jesus. That's all you wanted to do. Do you remember those days? All you wanted to do is be around him and study his word and be around his people. There was a closeness and all you wanted to do is be with him. And this demon-possessed man who'd been made whole, all he wants to do is be with Jesus. He's saying, Jesus, just take me with you. Wherever you go, I'll go. But here's another lesson for you and I. Sometimes our plan is not Jesus' plan. And sometimes we think we're called to do a certain thing, but God will change our direction. Take it from somebody who knows. When you don't do what you're called to do, you'll be miserable. But when God puts you in a place where you're called to do that thing, it just goes, now you still have trouble, you still have issues, all of those things, but you know you're walking in the calling that you have. And every single one of us have a calling on our life, and it's our task to find out what that is. But the only way you're going to know is to spend time with your king and ask him. And Jesus tells him his task in verse 19. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You know, a lot of times we, we, we stress about sharing our faith and we think, man, I, I'm, I, I need to be one of those street evangelists, but you're not called to do that. Or, you know, and you're fearful for sharing your faith. But you know what? Here's a great outline. He just tells this man, go to your home, which is talking about his family and your friends, and just tell them what great things I've done for you, what the Lord has done for you, that he's been compassionate on you. And how many of us can do that? Just tell your friends and family what the Lord's done for you. They'll see the change. If you're truly a believer and walking in faith, they'll know whatever happened to you was dramatic. Just tell them about what the Lord has done for you. And this man whom Jesus delivered, in verse 20, will now deliver for Jesus. Look at this. And he departed, speaking of the man, and began to proclaim in the Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. The Decapolis was the city, these ten cities in, in that land of the Gadarene, mostly Gentile cities, and he went and he proclaimed, and it said, all marveled, and I bet they did. Because they're probably going, this is the, the maniac. They saw the change. They knew it was true conversion. They knew he had been made whole. He had been set free. And I think about this, and I just I want to end with this thought. You know, there's an old saying, people say, you know, if you had been the only one lost, if you'd been the only person who was sinful, Jesus would have come and died for you and you alone. I believe that because of stories like this. The entire purpose for the journey was, yes, to test the disciples and to teach them, but his entire purpose, Jesus comes to the northeast side of the Sea of Galilee in a boat, gets off the boat, cleanses this demon-possessed man, commissions him to go serve him and do his will, gets back in the boat and leaves. He came for that one man, maybe two, but he did. And that tells you the heart of your Lord, the heart of your King, and all you really need to know about him is that he loves you that much. He cares about you that much. And so do whatever you can to live your life pleasing to him, living in his will. And be careful what you accept into your life. Be careful the things you watch and do and say. You don't have to be legalistic. Here's the, here's the advice. When you love Jesus so much... When you love him so much and you hate your sin because you love him so much, it's much easier to walk in that truth. It's much easier to walk out your faith. Love Jesus more than you love your sin. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.